I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast that talks about what it's like to be sick. This week's guest is Jerry, who drops in for a quaint discussion about drugs. Let's talk about it. Uh, are you good? Yep, we good. All right, sweet. Uh, well, here we are. This is it. Our last recording of uh, our our Vancouver 2020 early year trip. I mean, I'm, I feel like we're going to be back here like really soon. Yeah, we need to put a definitive title on it now. We need to choose the title. The Q1 Vancouver 2020 trip. Oh, man. Uh, first quarter trip, you know. There's a second, third, and fourth quarter there in, is. in the year. Yep. Um, uh, this, so I'm, I'm, like, really fucking stoked about... Diving into this conversation, uh, we're sitting here with our new friend Jerry. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Good. Yeah, good. Good. Awesome. Uh, uh, so I guess I'll tell a quick story to kind of set the set the tone for like how this came to be. So uh, over the last like couple of years, um, I have been getting more and more interested in the the sort of like my own personal use of psychedelics to. Um, I guess explore my thoughts and feelings towards end of life. Um, and, and so I, you know, I, I, a couple of years ago, I had an experience with, with this plant medicine or not a plant medicine, sorry. It's a, a this toad medicine called five MEO DMT and <laughs> love uh, that stuff, man. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's next level. So, so that, so this exploration into like the use of psychedelics for, um, whatever, whether it's like creative purposes or for me, my own mental health has been very interesting and very eye opening and very beneficial. I've, I've found for my own life. Um, and there's a magazine that I, that I am subscribed to called double blind and they do, uh, they, they're a magazine that specialize in the, you know, the, the field of psychedelics. Um, and the science behind psychedelics. And they sent out a newsletter not too long ago about a company in Canada called Microdelics. And Microdelics was essentially um, uh, uh, a space where you could order 1P LSD for microdosing usage. And 1P LSD is an analog of LSD, which is like technically not illegal in Canada. And so I was like, oh, this is really interesting. Um, because I'm, I'm finding that like the, the whole world of microdosing to be very beneficial. So I'm going to give this a shot. And so I signed up, ordered, a uh, my, this like one PLSD microdosing kit came in the mail. Surprisingly, <laughs> uh, it showed up. And a lot of people are shocked. It's actually here. Yeah. And it showed up pretty quickly. And, um, I, I was, I was going through a really rough week, heard, you know, found out that the family members, um, close to death, uh, you know, my, my dog was like 
found out my dog had a bunch of brain tumors, was going through some like relationship issues. And so I was like, okay, now's a better time than ever. And so I took my first microdose of the one PLSD and this veil was lifted that day. And it was, it was a feeling that I'm not unfamiliar with, but I, I was quickly reminded of how powerful and, and meaningful that, that practice can be of, of microdosing and getting on that schedule. So for anyone who doesn't know, it's like, you know, typically the way it works is you, you, you dose on one day, a very small amount of, of LSD or psilocybin. Um, you, it's, it's not perceptible amount that you're going to be like tripping. What would be the amount for psilocybin? Cause I, I, I've actually, I've, I've done LSD once and it was not a microdose. And but I'm way more familiar with. Uh, I don't know. Psilocybin. Uh, so you're, you're you're looking at about 100 milligrams. Some take between 75 and 125. Okay. It's usually between uh, you know about a tenth of a regular dose, a bit of a gram. So about yeah. a tenth of a gram uh, is is a good starter dose. It's yeah, also yeah. a good reactant dose to see if you have any allergies or anything to it. Yeah. Okay. Um, but you can always take more, so in increments. Uh, but. To start off, we, we'd probably recommend 100 milligrams and then work your way up to maybe 200 right, milligrams. Right. It depends on the person, how they metabolize it. Um, my but, experience, because my experience with, with psilocybin would be if I um, want, if my, my personal perspective, <coughs> uh, perception of, of a small amount and feelings and, and still getting you know, noticeable effects would have been probably like, half of a gram. So that'd be 500 milligrams. So right. we're talking even, we're talking like right. But you're starting to feel things at yeah. that point. Sure. And the idea is so that people can go to work and not, not have those effects. Now on your day off, you know, there's nothing wrong with taking a little more if you right. feel like, um, mm-hmm. but if you're going to do a particular micro dosing schedule and track that, um, it is trying to good to just like treat it like any yep. other medication and yep. keep to a dose. Yep. I think the yeah. interesting thing about this conversation is that it's that it's, um, it's uh, a, a different than what we usually talk about on on the podcast, and I feel like there's a lot of like language that will be in this that our regular demographic and listener base will probably need a little bit more clarification around. But with LSD in particular, um, LSD is also known as acid, right? Correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so. Like that alone, I think carries a lot of stigma, especially when you're talking about it in like a, a medical setting. Um, and I really like, I personally really want to like dive into We're, that. Yeah, today. We'll, we'll get into that. Let me yeah. just finish. Let me just yeah. finish. So basically, yeah. I that I I started. I, so I started um, microdosing the one P LSD, and uh, and and basically the the one P in that. And maybe you can speak to this a little more, Jerry. But the one P, it's an analog of LSD. Is is there's like an added chain. one propionyl. Uh, it's hard to, to spit out some of yeah, those words. Yeah, one chain <laughs> to like the <laughs> chemical compound that That's makes it up that, ma- that sets it off a little bit different. Which technically in Canada s- makes it um, not a Schedule One drug. So it's not uh, technically. I believe it's Schedule here three here, anyways. LSD would, and psilocybin, I believe, are Schedule three. Or schedule here. three, right? In sure, the states, sure. are Schedule one here. The Schedule right. three, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. the one P would would doesn't. It, it's actually not recognized as a Schedule well, drug. Well, it totally changes the structure. It's a totally different compound now right, than right. LSD. So I started. Uh, I started the schedule of the microdosing. You dose one day. You take two days off, and then you dose on the third day, and you continue that for you know, whatever set period of time. And that process for me 
which this will be like maybe the third time of the last like three or four years where I've, I've gotten on a schedule of microdosing has been uh, pretty like monumental in terms of like my day to day, in terms of my creative output, in terms of my mental health. Like it's been very, uh, very helpful. That's awesome. And so I was like, what? I got to fucking look up where this company is from and what they're up to and like who's behind this. Turns out it's you. So I just sent an email like that day and I'm like, yo, I don't know who you are, but like, and I don't know if this is cool or not, but I have a podcast. We're coming to, we're coming to Vancouver. Do you want to come on the show and talk about uh, that? Like, is that kosher? <laughs> and your response was like immediate and you're like, yeah, uh, I'm down. Let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. By man. the way, this is not an ad. This yeah. is not a paper motion at all. It's not. Yeah. Um, but it's then, the crazy activists. That's all it is. Yeah. And then, well, then it turns out you, end, you, we end up finding out that you have this very fascinating story and maybe before we get into like, you know, the, the whole world of microdosing and, and all of that stuff, I, let's maybe dive into like who Jerry is and, and how you ended up um, starting Microdelics and, and like kind of why you're in this world of advocating sure. for the use of quote unquote drugs sure um, for, you know, for mental health and, and other reasons. Mm. Sure. Um, uh, first off, my condolences about your dog there. Uh, uh, you know what? He'll be okay. Yeah, well, we, mine just died like two oh, weeks ago, and I, yeah, I had her since yeah. I got sober, and yeah, yeah so, it was, so I feel your struggle there. Yeah, yeah it's rough. Um, it's, yeah, it's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, for yeah, sure. I got a couple more at home, but uh, yeah. but yeah. Uh, so I, I uh, came from a pretty. Uh, um, I don't know. It was it was a good upbringing. Uh, but at the same time, I had a very religious upbringing, a very forceful upbringing, which made me a very rebellious type of child, which led me into uh, finding uh, all kinds of trouble in my life, um, which created a lot of mental issues, you know, uh, mental health problems. Um, so when I, I, I guess the best way to put it is, you know, I, I grew up always in trouble. I was an alcoholic. I was addicted to cocaine. Uh, from the time I was 15, I was shooting up. Um, so it, it put me into a long, long, hard road and long life. And trying to recover from that life has not been an easy challenge since I got sober 12 years ago. Right. Um, so I How said, old are you now? I'm 48 now. Okay, whoa, that, that's yeah. a long life of addiction. Yeah, big time. And, you know, most of those times were on the streets. So my last run was five years solid on Cal in Calgary streets. And that's what's it's one dangerous town. I'll tell you, I've been yeah. to a lot of places in a lot of situations. But the, that that really gave me an awakening up in the in that town for sure. Yeah. Um, plus, my worst fear was I was 35 at the time. And my worst fear wasn't really dying or it was uh, turning 40 and not doing anything with my life was my big thing in my head, right? Mm -hmm. um, and plus, uh, you know, there's a lot of people dying, a lot of people getting murdered. Uh, that that scene is just, uh, it's a horrendous scene addiction. It just, um, it destroys you. It doesn't just destroy you. It destroys the, the family members and your friends. Yeah. And uh, We had this, um, we had this uh, palliative care doctor <laughs> who works... Um, on the streets, and he has a palliative care for the homeless pl That's program. Awesome. And um, and he was talking about um, people's street families and how you become um, like build this com camaraderie with these people that you live with on the streets. But then then he was also talking about how people who live on the streets have this like, have this like different perception of death because they 
almost become so familiar with it from seeing people uh, go through the experience mm. of dying so frequently. Um, yeah, especially out in streets like Vancouver. Yeah, Ooh, was yeah. that uh, was that like something that because you said that you didn't you like death wasn't um, really a fear it was for just you, was at it? the point of hopelessness. I've like when you're in that deep deep you know dark place of addiction where the next thing that's only possible is the next fix. Hope or seeing a future is like impossible, man. It seems like just an, an impossible journey to ever get to. Mm-hmm. Um. It's, uh, yeah, I, I don't even know how you would really explain it. It's just such hopelessness that it really takes a miracle to get out of that. Fortunately for me, I found the Calgary uh, Dream Center in, uh, in in Calgary there, which is a place for men to, to help them get clean. Uh, they got two different things. You can go through a program if you don't have any money or anything like that. Um, luckily for me, my, my mother helped me out and paid the $400 a month, and I could stay there, and I had a safe place mm-hmm. to, to start getting my life back together. So I stayed there for four months and then I moved to Whitewood, Saskatchewan, um, where I continued to stay sober and do a whole bunch of different things. I've released six DVDs on how to tattoo and how to body pierce. I've got a tattoo school. I'm about to do my seventh on glass blowing. Um, and then I opened a tattoo shop there, a head shop, and then ultimately I opened up the dispensary there, which really helped that community. And this was how long ago, the dispensary? Uh, the dispensary ran from 2012 to 2016. Okay, so this was before uh, the legislation changed in the That's country. right. right. And, and, and during it. And during the whole process. So. As, as someone who's like uh, recovering from addiction, um, we've, talk, we've spoken to a few people who have suffered from addiction, and, and um, when it comes to like thinking of smoking weed or doing something like that, like it's kind of off the table for them because they look at that even if like they were addicted to alcohol or, or cocaine, weed just kind of becomes off the table for them yeah. in a lot of cases because they think, well, I don't want to, this is another drug. This is another coping uh, mechanism. I, I understand that. Yeah. A lot, and, I, and I do get that a lot. And I, and I hear that a lot. And um, especially in the AA kind of groups, uh, they think, uh, if you're not doing this, then, you know, if you're doing anything, right. then you're not sober. Um, but little do they know that uh, Bill W. used LSD, and he wanted to use LSD in AA uh, to help uh, recovering alcoholics. Uh, and is, is Bill W. Well, the guy who started <laughs> Yeah, and so yeah, he did LSD, and, and he likes psychedelics, but they didn't feel, especially <laughs> with the 60s and 70s and all that. Well, period. there's also the... There's also the, the, the you know, we had a we had a conversation with somebody a long time ago, and it was around, and, and we had a, <coughs> ended up having a big conversation off off the mics about how in addiction psychedelics properties and not not the use of psychedelics in the way that I think a lot of people think about using psychedelics going to a party whatever, but actually right. having. An experience and having intention. a having an intention yeah. about set what and that setting, is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, set and setting. Yeah, I'm, sure, I'm sure you're familiar with Michael Pollan. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which Michael Pollan's book, um, um, uh, what was it called again? How to uh, How to Change Your Mind? Yeah, that's yeah. it. How to Change Your Mind? Michael Pollan released yeah. last year a phenomenal book, which which is very very paralleled with I'm sure the conversation we're, we're having, but that with that intention. That they can, they can prove to be a really valuable asset in the in in overcoming addiction. Well, it's like the use of ibogaine it, it, for people who are heavily addicted to heroin. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, you're you're 
you're using a plant medicine that is a very, very, very heavy, potent psychedelic. And the the amount of people that go through that process of that, you know, that that ceremony or whatever you want to call it, oftentimes are coming out on the other mm-hmm. end with with this like new lease on on what it means to live. Yeah. And 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 like their literally their addictions are just like washing away. And at the same time, I want to acknowledge that people think that way because we use and like you said, I think, Brian, at the very beginning, it's like the worst of the you, the use of the word drugs to to blanket. To right. blanket everything yeah. and and not talk about it and not give each one its proper context yeah. as to how you use it and what the, what its properties yeah. are. Right. I, I believe they used LSD for the alcoholism back in the day to try and recreate the uh, the, the, the uh, neural pathways. Uh, uh, well, no, the um, the DTs that they would go through, they would go through oh delirium, you know, trends, delirium, yeah. and all this yeah. experience, and that generally would get them uh, sober. But it was so dangerous to have them go through that. They thought mm. maybe the psychedelic experience would give them the sort of same experience, and it worked. Well, Oh, interesting. Yeah, right. uh, my new product, by the way, is a 4ACO DMT product, which is going to be used uh, for alcohol and cocaine addiction as well. Whoa, crazy. Okay. And that's a psilocin pro, uh, pro drug. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So so, so coming back to your addiction, yeah. you end up you end up doing this program that your mom helps you out with in Calgary. Right. You move yeah. to, to Saskatchewan and open up a dispensary. Yeah. Um, and this process of opening a dispensary and being a part of the community there, uh, what that was, was a huge part of it for me. Yeah. What was? Tell me about that. Yeah. Um, I never really had a community uh, or uh, anything like that. I might get a little emotional. <laughs> That's okay. It, uh, we don't yeah. have any tissues in here, but yeah. 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 We actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sweet. There we go. Yeah. Bring that over. Yeah. So because of my life growing up and you know and being on the streets twenty you know twenty something years and all that addiction and my you know my parents splitting up you know I think over a hundred times when I was a child. Moving from Las Vegas to to you know where it uh, it wasn't a good upbringing there. Um, so um, moving to Whitewood uh, was not good at first. It, it was a really small community, and I kind of sat in my house for seven years trying to stay sober. Why'd you go there? What was uh, the my mom had moved there? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, so they and I bought a house for eight hundred dollars. Oh fuck! Whoa! <laughs> Literally eight hundred dollars. That wasn't the best house, but over ten years, I fixed it up. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I moved there and I, I built the first community, uh, you know, I ever had, but for the first seven years, I kind of sat in my house and I put out my DVDs and I built my internet businesses and I did that sort of thing. Um, I did get a job when I first moved there and I worked there for about a year at the local Mm co-op after I was making about 12 bucks a day online, I quit and just, uh, did the internet. Um, but eventually, um, I opened up a tattoo studio uh, and that kind of gave the community more of a sense of who I was, and then I could start giving back a little to the community. And it was long before the dispensary that I started the giving back. Um, but eventually, um, I had to get rid of the tattoo artists. It wasn't working out. And so after that, I didn't know what to do. And I, I've got to do something cool or I'm not doing it. So I decided to open, if I can sell all this tattoo equipment all, in three days, I'm going to open up a head shop. And I sold everything in three days. So, so I, uh, I opened up the, the, the head shop. And then I was approached about the dispensary. 
um, from a local news kind of group and her boyfriend saying on how this is legal and you can do all this. Right, right, right. Um, well, two years went by. So what year is this when this That happened? was 2012. Okay. So <laughs> I went to the, I had a hip replacement in 2014 and it was like minus 70 in Saskatchewan. <laughs> so I went to the Philippines for a month where my dad and little brother live, I have family out there and I spent a month in, in Barakai there. Um, and, and I also used that time. It's when Justin was getting elected, too. Um, so I used that time to decide what I was going to do with my life. I was If I was going to continue down the dispensary path or just move on with my life. Because you got to understand, I, I'd spent the last uh, seven or eight years of my life not committing any crime. Right. Other than smoking cannabis for a medical purpose, which eventually I've got a license for. So it was important for me to, to live a good, solid life. I didn't want to go through all this shit again. And right? the dispensary was cannabis dispensary? And it was a cannabis dispensary. Okay. So it was not, uh, you know, which like you're operating in a small gray area. town, Saskatchewan. Yeah. So I didn't think I'd make it four days, let alone four years. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Dude, are you, are you, sorry, are you like, because. At that time, uh, marijuana isn't legal That's in right. Canada. So, but you're you're selling it out of oh, the yeah. store, and like nobody, <laughs> nobody's like, dude. Think about when to, we came to Vancouver in 2010. Yeah, I, I mean, it's like I, it, I know it, it was, we walked it, into cannabis culture and to, smoked a joint with Mark Emery. But to me, nowhere Saskatchewan. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm the first. Yeah, right. And yeah. that's what that's like. That's what blows me away because it's like small town. Everybody fucking talks, you know. Yeah. And like it's you would think that it would be harder to like quote unquote well, get away with yeah. that. So you know? when when things went and I decided to carry on because people are knocking on my people are dying of cancer. They got this like children, all kinds of things. And, and you know, this is my local community members. So I couldn't stop. So mm. I changed it to, and I reincorporated Martin Medical Services. Um, and you gotta understand all my bank accounts, everything, everything was cannabis. I, I was so transparent about what I was doing on right. everything. And I wanted to do that. Um so, yeah, things started going really good from that moment. I started bringing in all my cannabis from B.C., finding real CBD oil for children, helping children stop seizures. I have one, you know, that over, uh, I think it was 80 seizures a day, and now he lives a healthy little life. It's yeah, awesome. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's no medication. So stuff like that, yeah. So it started going really well. And from that day on, I started giving the money back to the community. Like, um, I didn't need nothing. I had my community, uh, it's Whitewood, there's nothing to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's two right. hours yeah. near the city. Yeah. Uh, I don't drink. You, your your house know. was 800 bucks. I got lots of weed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so yeah. It, just, it, just, it just grew and grew. And then, you know, there was so many things. You know, it, it became a community thing. Mm. Um, not, and it wasn't just the people that were using the dispensary that got money out of that dispensary. You know, we helped build the town square. I built the entire beer gardens for the rodeo grounds, kids camp every year, hospital beds, library books, every single thing. Not a child had to go without anything in that town for sports. Was there just, was there any yeah. like fear that it was going to come to an end? Like like that it was going to get shut down or raided? Yeah. So in um 
2015, I think 13 dispensaries across Canada were issued letters from Health Canada. Okay. The big ones. I was one of those. Unfortunately, Narcos came out at that time on Netflix. <laughs> and they started comparing me to Pablo Escobar on the news. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because well, yeah. Pablo was also giving back to his community. He in was. Ways. But Pablo yeah. was also yeah. murdering a bunch murdering of people. Yeah. And yeah, yeah I know. You know, I was just helping my community. Yeah. But yeah, so it became a mix. And then CBC heard about what I was doing for the community. And I just offered the fire department $10,000 for new fire equipment because they're using outdated equipment, which can kill them. Right. Mm-hmm. So it, once the news came, it kind of switched everything. Right. Yeah. Again, so, about, in about oh, yeah. Back up there a bit. I got a warning letter from Health Canada. Um, so, uh, like a cease and desist a kind cease of thing? Cease and desist. Right. If I didn't cease and desist, I was going to get two to two years in prison and up to a $5 million fine. That's a, that's a lot. It <laughs> is. And if yeah. I didn't comply by that date, they would bring in Vanessa's law, which could make it worse. Okay. Um, What's Vanessa's so, law? Um, it's kind of like they use for the Hell's Angels and organized crime. And oh, things okay. Like that. Yeah. Okay. So they're really comparing. They're trying to try me as organized crime. It's things like that. They're really trying to pin that on me. You should see their evidence. It's children holding checks. That is all my money laundering. Yeah, <laughs> right. right yeah. Seniors holding checks for new furnaces. Yeah. yeah. This is so then they want to find me for all those donations. They want to find me for that. So now they they offered me three months of weekends in a nice uh, prisoner uh a prison out here, well, jail probably mm. in BC here. Uh, three months of weekends. They offered me two BMWs back, my house, my shop, let me keep my resort in Peru if I would just plead guilty. And you got to understand, I'm broke, or at least I was broke. <laughs> yeah. For the last three years, they took everything. They took my houses, my properties, my change. Holy they, shit. They took everything. So here I am walking now with nothing. All right, after giving all that back to the community, and then they just came in and just... Yeah, just took it all. Yeah, so it was crushing for me, man. It crushed my soul. Yeah. I went from helping people every day to nothing. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, so... Um, when, when you, like as somebody who suffered from addictions uh, earlier in life too, when when you kind of... um, end up in a situation like that where like somebody's taking away everything from you and yeah. like the big part of what what makes you feel a sense of purpose in life like giving yeah, back to your community exactly it, yeah. do you like it, are, is it moments like that where you're like oh fuck like I need some type of coping mechanism to like go back to or like do you feel like you've had a, a grasp on your um, struggle with addictions that many you know, a times I, I think about the, uh, the drinking and going out to grab some crack, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I don't. Yeah, just, you know? It, but I think a, about it. It sucks um, that like, you get put into, you know, a situation like that where like the thing that is keeping you moving forward is something that's being taken away from you. Yeah. And just, Thankfully, the community came together and, uh, <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they're bringing me money. Mm. We actually do have tissues. Food. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, I didn't feel like a criminal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's hard, like when, especially, especially now, 
hindsight being twenty twenty. Not not hindsight being twenty twenty because I I would I I would sit here listening to this story before before um, legalization came down. I I would listen to the story before that date, feeling pretty much the same as I do now, thinking that it's horrible that that shit happens. But especially after that, after we legalize legalize cannabis and looking back and going, it's like a year later, like a year, a a year year later, this this was an issue. And now a year later, all good. Yeah. You know, and then, and it's like, especially somebody in that situation who's doing so much for the community that they live within. And how did they step up for you? Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, um, you know, people, you know, came out to little rallies. People went to the news. Um, you know, people uh, emailed the Crown. That Crown does not like me at Ooh. all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I don't do well with <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's going good now, though. Yeah. It's going good now. So and what brought you back? What brought you back? Where was the point where you decided to come back to Vancouver? Um, so I um, I left about uh, maybe two months after. they. I went to go sell my houses, and they seized all those, so I had nothing. Right. So uh, Salvation Bioscience offered me a job on the island, a uh, big cannabis company. Uh, a friend of mine owned that. Uh, so, th- so I went out there and uh, worked there for six months. Uh, and then my contract had ended when I when I decided to plead not guilty. Right, <laughs> These sure. cannabis companies, eh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he's, yeah, they're a really good company, good guys, good friends, and I really respect him for doing that. Yeah, uh, really helped me out a lot. So how? Uh, you- so then I just moved to Vancouver. Um, I have friends here. I, you know, Mark, uh, you know, Mark and Jody Emery and, and Dana Larson and, and Cindy Hemrick and, and Jeremiah and, and things like that. We're all, uh, close, com- uh, cannabis community. Yeah. Um, so, so I had that community to fall back on and, to, and to help support me. And, and I'll tell you, I probably wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for that community and all their kindness yeah. trying to support me. Cause I went off the wall, man. I lost it. Yeah, right? of course. Uh, like I really lost it, man. And I, you know, I, I had a standoff with about 35 cops, I think, in Nanaimo. Oh, my God. A four-hour standoff. <laughs> well, how did that happen? What, what, um, what, somebody, how I was that... just losing it, man, on Facebook. Um, and by the way, that's where psychedelics are really helping me. we got to remember to get back to that yes, in, my, in yeah. my losing it. Yeah. Um, but I just fucking had enough, man. So anyways, he's... I lost it on Facebook saying, you know, you know, just whatever. Maybe they thought I was going to kill myself because I say a lot of, you know, crazy shit, or at least I used to. Yeah. Um, so they were concerned. Somebody <laughs> called uh, the cops. But they don't show up till the next day, right? So it's Sunday. I'm sitting on my porch, uh, sitting out back, nice house, uh, sitting there with my dogs. And You've cooled to, off. You've had yeah, some. Yeah, we're yeah. enjoying the sun. So yeah, we're right. Jay, right? Yeah. And tap, tap, tap on the door, and it's like, uh, no, nobody comes to my house. Right? Yeah. So there's a guy and a woman cop there, and they open the door, and I said, listen, I know what this is about. I'm fine, and I don't like cops. I close the door, and I walk it. Oh, yeah, uh-oh. So this they wouldn't leave. No, this is I don't even know you. Anyway, so, yeah, I just, that was just at the end of my rope. Yeah. You know, I yeah. lost everything. My girlfriend, now they're trying to, they're trying to take my dogs away and throw me in prison, and that's all I had left, yeah. right? Um, so yeah, so they came to my house and they just wouldn't leave me alone. So it escalated. 
Yeah. And uh, I told him I was going to take them all out. <laughs> oh, wow. oh, and so no. this went on for four hours. They brought out snipers and SWAT. Holy what? shit. What? Oh, what yeah. Happened? Like, what happened? Did you uh, get- I told him I was taking every last one of those motherfuckers. Right now. Whoa. <laughs> Did you get, I mean, you were obviously In the end, like, arrested? All they or? wanted me to do was see a doctor, they said. Right. And in the end, and of course, there's no ambulance. So I'm like, right. hey, where's the ambulance? Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're getting my name wrong. It was all recorded live on Facebook. <laughs> oh, no. No, it was not good, dude. I'm bleeding that razor blade. And I was like, I fucking lost it. Yeah. Right? Um, How did that resolve? What happened? So in the end, uh, I, I, uh, I eat a bunch of canvas caps so I can chill out and <laughs> walk out the door. Uh, sorry, I keep forgetting you're over there. That's okay. <laughs> you quit. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So I walk out the door and I said, cannabis saved your life today. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> they, they, oh, my they, God. They're all right. I used to put cops and cool yeah, in the same you, you just, sentence, but he was all right. Uh, that... I could not imagine just getting ripped on, on like edibles and going, oh, I guess I'm going to walk outside to 70 cops and a bunch yeah, of snipers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I knew I was going somewhere. Yeah. Now Where was, did you go? Did they, uh, did so they, in did the they, end, they bring me to the hospital. Yeah. And it's, it just gets funnier. <laughs> if you want to hear the story. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Over here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So... <laughs> So eventually, the, the, the actually, the ambulance didn't come because I guess they got tired of waiting they had to do, so they left. So the cops bring me down to the secure unit of the hospital. And so they're checking me in. You know, the cops drop me off. There's all these people waiting. They think yeah. I'm on drugs, but I'm not on any drugs at all. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. You're just, you're just, you're, you're, you might be greening out. Psychotic, but, yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. Wait, you're not on, you mean, no, you're I not on. I lost it, you just, you just took cannabis. I, just, I had a breakdown, yeah. right? I yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. lost it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so anyways, we, we get there, and they get me into the little room, and they give me the jumpsuit. To put on, yeah, right. Oh, like you're going to jail. I thought you fuckers tricked me. Yeah, all right. I'm going to jail. All right. So I whip off all my clothes and I go there. Is that what you? (laughs) (laughs) I do this. I can tell by the looks on their faces. I'm not going to jail. <laughs> They're like, this is a, this is a hospital gown, yeah, sir. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to stay in here. <laughs> oh my god! So, but in the end, and there's no doctor, of course, right? So I've got to wait till morning, and that's fine. I just want to fucking sleep now, right? Yeah, just yeah. Take cannabis caps like thousand milligrams, and, uh, and I'm exhausted from this four hour standoff, and it's hot out, right? Yeah, they got them in the shade. They had to stand out in the street. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, anyways, I, I go to sleep. I wake up, and then there's a guy sitting there at the, you know, at the, you know, trying to be all nice, and you know. Uh, of course, I was miserable still, and I said, you got coffee? <laughs> <laughs> um, but in the end, I guess they checked out who I was in the middle of the night and all the stuff that I'd done for my community, and yeah. uh, they said, I didn't need any doctor, and in the end, I never seen any doctor. They just they let you sleep hey, it off. Away you go. <laughs> so all that Whoa. for nothing. Wow. Yeah. That's wild. That is a yeah. wild story. Yeah. <laughs> At the same time, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, I'm going to make you fuckers spend every fucking cent you stole. Yeah, yeah, right. Just putting them to work. Yeah. Sick Boy Podcast will be right back after this very short break. 
so how did how did then how did how did we go from there into into the world of 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 psychedelics, you know, you yeah. were you were saying earlier, like let's yeah. not lose track of that. You were right. you were in a bad place. Yeah, you were kind so of losing a real your bad mind. Place. Uh, and then uh, Dana uh, uh, opened up the mushroom dispensary here, so Canada's first mushroom, mushroom dispensary in here in Vancouver, right? Um, which which I'm guessing is kind of in the same boat and realm that that your dispensary would have been in in Saskatchewan, currently sure. in that sort of gray area of like that's not technically legal. But as of right now, right. no one's battering down the doors yet. Right. Well, and there's and there's health benefits to it. So it's a little different yeah. because there have yeah. been cases proving all this sort of stuff with cannabis and we got injunctions and, and things like that. And the laws changed and that's how we're allowed to have cannabis dispensaries to yes. begin with. Yeah. Uh, with mushrooms, we're not at that point yet. Yes. There's gonna have to be some arrests and there's gonna have to be some trials. So it's not the right. same sort of it's not the same sort of gray area that I mean, I came to Vancouver for the first time in 2010. It was my first time I, I came right. here and up and I bit, came back several times in between then and the time that cannabis was legalized. And it always seemed like cannabis was in this very gray, this very gray area. Right. So and you're saying that that was due to that was due to like legal, like legal process. Yeah, and many in the courts cases. And stuff. Yeah, but, just but, like the Owen and Smith case for <laughs> edibles, uh, you know, Ted Smith on the island, Victoria's Buyers Club. Um it's been many cases, and then the, the Allard case is where we got to keep our grow license. They tried to take that away from us, and we raised a bunch of money, and we fought that case. But psilocybin isn't – that's not where that where psilocybin no, is. No, but the good thing with psilocybin – the good thing about Vancouver is Vancouver is way better than the rest of the country. Seems they tend like to it. let us you know, do little pilots here. Right. Uh, <laughs> that's a, that's a at least they let it. us get away with it somewhat. Because you're saying, you're saying that there has to be – like you just said like there, there has to be some arrest made – to be able to bring it to the court well, to like basically see what happens. Doesn't have to be. They well, can yeah, just change sure. the law, man. They're not like that. <laughs> <laughs> so there'll yeah. have to be a few. Um, this is a way for them to like to to force them to look at it. Basically, exactly. Yeah. They have no choice then, right? right. When yeah. Somebody does a constitutional challenge, but they're not cheap. I'm in over one hundred and ten thousand dollars on my on my other one. By the way, I had to come up with one hundred ten thousand dollars when they took everything for the for this trial, and which I'm still waiting on. Mm. Um, if I do win that trial. Though I'm doing a constitutional challenge for cannabis dis- medical cannabis dispensaries, so if I win, they'll have to have medical cannabis storefronts. They only have mm-hmm. recreational now, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. the only mm-hmm. you know. How does it work in BC? Are they are they are they private recreational spots in how in in Nova Scotia? It's government run, so it's like yeah, go, it's I, like going to the state run. There, or the there's private ones here. Store. It's all yeah. government run event, you know. Yeah, yeah. In the end, sure. and, and that's the problem. I I think that that's the biggest disappointment of of legalization of cannabis in Canada is the fact that. Um, it was legalized from this like recreational perspective, and I think people lost the um, <laughs> the true intention of why it was going legal in the first place. Right? Like, mm. it, there's so many. It's interesting because as as a plant based medicine, like there's there's medicinal properties to it, and as soon as you um, legalize it for recreational I use, I believe there's then- reasons they went that way. 
Are vegans actually unhealthy? Does cannabis ruin your sleep? And why are so many men taking testosterone supplements? I'm Mitch. And I'm Greg. And we're the creators of the popular YouTube channel ASAP Science. Every week on our podcast Side Note by ASAP Science, we explain the science behind a controversial subject with recent research, up-to-date studies, and ridiculous stories so you are entertained while, bam, simultaneously learning. We're here to make science make sense. Download Side Note by ASAP Science wherever you get your podcasts. I understand yeah. why they They're, look at it, why they group. I understand why, and I'll use this term maybe like a little loosely and maybe it's not the right word to use, but like I understand how the uninitiated views cannabis and alcohol in the same way and how in Nova Scotia, for example, they put them in the same stores together. They're in that they're sold. Yeah, the and I find yeah. that's terrible. Well, the, especially the, when people like you, me, me use it to stay away from alcohol. Yeah, yeah. totally. And, and, person, and, and that's a right, that's a big thing that came back up too, right? Like yeah. you got to walk through, through everything. All the wine oh, really? Walk through through all I've never been well, into a government store. I, I refuse to. <laughs> but from, <laughs> the, from, the, from the perspective of somebody who's been, you know, I've I've, I've smoked weed, you know, fairly regularly since I was like sixteen or seventeen, and, um. And and they are not the same, and they don't no. deserve to be to be grouped together. I don't think, and I and I do think it is a major misstep. I think it's horrible that they're allowing to people to have together. them in the same store, and it encourages mixing those those mm. things. Well, the, the, and when it's new people trying this stuff, I wouldn't recommend that at all. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the challenge yeah. for me is that so my mom had cancer, and she used um, she it was before um, cannabis was legal. And, um, she, we actually got her a medical license and got her some, some uh, medical cannabis and within nothing was making her better. No, the pharmaceuticals weren't helping. She was nauseous. She had no appetite. She took, um, some medicinal, uh, it was a CBD THC blend. And within 45 minutes, she was like, oh, I finally feel some relief. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and the, the problem is, is that like, like if my grandparents looked at um, cannabis in, in Canada, they would just be like, oh, it, like, ugh, that's it, people are using it recreationally and they're just getting fucked up. Like, Try that in the middle of Saskatchewan. Mm, yeah. yeah. A little yeah. town where yeah. everything, marijuana is the sole evil of all evils. It supplies the heroin trade. It's like yeah. the worst thing ever mm-hmm. out there. Yeah, yeah. That's how I got activists of the year. It's because I just changed everybody's view out there. On, yeah. Well, it and, is nuts. You know. Like you see, and even, even, you know, it was like the, in the week after it was legal, you go into, and you go into the store where you buy it. And we do have, we do actually have, um, some stores that are only cannabis. So some some yeah, of them are, yeah, some yeah. of them are within there's a like lot of them one, are within liquor stores. But then there's a standalone. There's a, there's one standalone, one standalone in, in in downtown Halifax. You're but, now, you should be going to see Chris Ends or is Chris gone? I don't know what's happening with you, Chris's case. But you go in, <laughs> you go in, and you realize. I mean, again, people associate like a certain person with like who use mushrooms or who use LSD or who use cannabis, and you go into the store and you realize. <laughs> 
The people who use this is, are the is the same population of people that you see walking down any busy street. It's yeah. the it's the person going to work. It's the it's the person. It's everybody. It's everybody. It always has been everybody. Yeah. It's the person. It's the <laughs> yeah. person Nobody with tattoos. It's anything. the person with the with like with all the tattoos. It's the person yeah. with that wears the yeah. suit. It's the person that like it's everybody. It's in your between. grandma. Yeah, it's yeah. your grandma. It's. Like, I learned the same thing when I worked at the porn store when I was uh, when I was seventeen. Yeah. Everyone walked in. I was like. Yeah, you all fucking do this. <laughs> You're all renting this shit. Um, I, I do want to. I do want to pivot to back to the psychedelics. Yeah, yeah. Specifically, um, uh, what what have you found for yourself have been the benefits in in the use of psychedelics for you personally? Huge difference in mood, uh, my anger, uh, my depression. Uh, don't get me wrong; I'm still getting depressed, mm-hmm. and I still go through my moments. And I still go my Facebook post, <laughs> but I delete it now right faster. <laughs> and I don't stay in that. Like, I'm t- mm-hmm. sometimes it'd be three, four days I wouldn't get out of bed, man. Yeah. Just depression and worthlessness. And I'm not staying in that zone anymore. Um, I mean, having the new company's helping too, right? It's giving me some sort of purpose in yeah. life as well. Um, but I find even before that, uh, I was doing the mushrooms to begin with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I took the third wave course on, uh, on microdosing. And that's where I actually came up with the LSD kit. Right. Uh, I'd seen, uh, did a little mock-up of it. I thought, well, I can make that real. Yeah, uh, and so that's what I did, and I started microdosing the LSD because I was doing that, and I found the LSD was a. Um, I find if I take a lot of bit of mushrooms, it's more of an alone thing, mm-hmm. um, which I do find a lot of people find. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the LSD, I'm more sociable. I can be more sociable, sure. and, yeah, and uh, more creative and, and things like that. Yeah, I just find the LSD is a better fit for me than than the mushrooms. Is there is there research being done into the world of psychedelics, like specifically honing in on on that side of things for people? So, like the use of psychedelics for their mental health or the use of psychedelics yeah. for other reasons, like medicinal uses. For yeah, it. so um, I know the Beckley Foundation just completed one on uh, on uh, Alzheimer's and LSD in, mm-hmm. in the UK, um, and that's been very beneficial. And they also proved that it's safe in, holdi- in, uh, in older individuals as well, which is very important at a microdose level. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that opens up a lot of doors uh, for other science and stuff like that. There is a few more going on. I believe Toronto might be having one. I don't know if it's on the go or not. Um, there are a few studies being done. And there's been a lot of studies back in the 50s and 60s. LSD was the most studied drug on the planet. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we wouldn't before. even know we had serotonin receptors in yeah. the brain without LSD. Well, yeah. Richard Alpert or Ram, yeah. Ram Dass, he, yeah. he just passed away. I mean, yeah, he, was at, he was at the epicenter. Yeah. Of yeah. that whole, yeah. that whole and then that that all got shut down, and, and then nothing. Nobody a couple of days ago. Yeah. Yeah, that all got shut down. And then nothing's really, really happened since. But it's it, it's starting to have a. There's a bit yeah. of a shift. Yeah. And there's we're starting to see a lot more stuff coming out right now. I'm speaking at a at a conference in um, in Calgary in May about. Um, <laughs> Uh, it's a medical conference, and and I think it's uh, specializing in like hospice care. But one of the talks that are actually happening at that conference that they they had asked if I wanted to attend to just be there to to witness is uh, is a talk specifically about the use of uh, psilocybin mushrooms and in patients who are terminal. Yeah, in the in, got- in and using it to to basically. Um, 
shift their perspective on what it means to die and, and, yeah. and approaching end of life. Yeah. Well, so it really raises the profile when you, in Michael Pollan's book, he talks about, he talks about three distinctive um, events that happen throughout the span of like a few years in the early mid two thousands, I believe. Um, and I won't go into them, but these events that basically from the sixties, when everything sort of like shut down, when they shut down like experimentation and seeing, cause they were on the road, the road that we're on, that we're talking about now, how these things can treat depression, anxiety. Right. Yeah. They're, they're on that road. They were yeah, on yeah. that path before. And then it got shut down due to a whole bunch of different reasons and bureaucratic right. and political stuff. And then, and then there's these a few events that happen in the early mid two thousands that reignite that that bring that path back into focus. Right. And and then you get somebody like Michael Pollan writing the book and then him going on Joe Rogan. And then the profile mm. starts to get raised and then that's a topic at a conference that you're gonna go and speak. Yeah. Well yeah. Tim like Tim Ferris is behind a bunch Tim Ferris is yeah. behind a bunch of funding um, yeah. through Johns Hopkins on researching psychedelics yeah. Yeah. and how yeah. they can impact yeah. and it was, uh, Joe Rogan could be here for four twenty. Yeah I know oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, right. four twenty yeah. uh, show here. It was I'm messaging them. <laughs> yeah, oh you know what? <laughs> that would be I messaged Hamilton Morris. I've been talking to him. Yeah. yeah. He would love that. It was it was it was a it was a study at at Johns Hopkins um, a co-authored study between a f- be- between a few people. One of them being, one of them being the director of a, I can't remember what the organization was, but it was like a United States. It was an American like anti-narcotics agency. It wasn't the DEA. Mm-hmm. wasn't like a like a like a policing department, but it was like a, it was a it was an anti-narcotics agency, and it was the head of that that co-authored the Johns Hopkins study that basically like reignited and Michael Pollan's book. Like references that, it, but it's, it's kind crazy of, what you got to do down there. Um, Doctor David Nichols that synthesized the DMT for the spirit molecule, all for Rick Strassman in the book. He's actually uh, talking to my lawyer this week. He's helping me uh, with a bunch of the stuff. It's oh, really sweet. cool. Yeah, yeah. You know, all these scientists want to do all this stuff. And, cool. yeah. It's annoying yeah. that like the but from like a sti- a stigma perspective that like you know it's not until guys like Michael Pollan yeah. or Tim Ferriss or these guys who are more like seen as these like business guys or like reporters or, or more like upstanding. Yeah, but that's the case for everything. But it's annoying that it takes the cannabis industry. Yeah. It's annoying that it takes guys like, like people don't really uh, see the credibility of, of the work until like somebody from like their walk of life will actually research it. It's because of all the money that, that was put into, to making people fear. The, you know, fear drugs, yeah. you know, it's like the rants, the, the rancy, the Nancy Reagan, like era yeah. of like, of, of say no drugs. to drugs, just say no. Um, that like that, destroyed my life. last year. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a, fu- there was a <laughs> fuck of funding that went into making people is. fear. Yeah. I mean, even, even you, like you say the word acid and some people think, Oh God, that, that's, that's why that's I like gonna a, brain, a, burn a hole in my brain. That's another reason I got into it. Cause I love that controversy. Yeah. I, I yeah. want to open up that. Controversy. I can tell you do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I want to open that up that conversation yeah. with people. Yeah. Right? Again, it's the, and it's once the it's umbrella. Open, then the truth is going to come out. Yeah. One thing that I do yeah. think though, that is important to touch on and maybe you can touch on this, yeah. uh, uh, are there when when talking about psychedelics and using psychedelics for for you know medicinal purposes? Uh, who are the people that shouldn't be dabbling in psychedelics? Right. So uh, you know, there's certain things with mental health. Uh, you know, anybody on lithium absolutely should not take a psychedelic. That can kill you. 
um, um, and cause serotonin syndrome. Same with people on uh, MOQIs and SSRIs. Mm-hmm. Um, they should be cautious. They should wean off those for a good three months. And I also encourage them to talk to their doctor and get a dog dialogue going about that. They may be a little fearful about that, but they can go in and ask questions without mm-hmm. saying they're actually doing it. Or at least do a little research online. There's also doctors online that you can pay to, to do that advice for you if you're a little afraid about going to your own local mm-hmm. doctor. So yeah. Yeah. I would encourage you uh, to do that so that you're safe. Yeah. Um, same with people with color blindness. Uh, apparently, it affects uh, it can affect their their vision for three or four days after. Oh no way! Yeah, crazy. I wonder if yeah. Mark's ever felt even that. at a microdose level. So yeah, wow, yeah. interesting. Yeah. Huh. Um. Uh. What's the like? What's what are you thinking? Is like what's the status of the industry? The, the you know the world of psychedelics currently and like where do you think? Where do you think it's going? I think uh, within the next five years, well, definitely Magic Mushrooms and MDA will be legal in Canada. Uh, MAPS is doing quite the fabulous work with MDMA for therapeutic uses. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, yeah. um, And as well as, uh, I think I've done a few LSD studies, too. Yeah, MAPS definitely has. Yeah, yeah. 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 And that's Rick Strausman and stuff, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, um, yeah those are really good guys. They're up here in Vancouver as well. Cool. What, what gives yeah. you, what gives you, I mean, I, it's, I remember, uh, Trevor I, Miller and, I remember thinking, um, what was the, what was the documentary? It was called the union. Did you ever watch the union? I believe so. It was Joe Rogan was the narrator of it. Actually. Yeah. It was from What's like, it was again? from mid two thousands. It explored, seen it. it explored the underground. Oh, the under, like basically the underground of the, of the marijuana business. Right. Yeah, I remember. And, um, yeah. and they talked to, they had a lot of, um, they had a lot of, uh, BC and Vancouver, like police officials who had worked in the communities where, like, especially in, in BC and Vancouver, where there's grow operations happening all over the place, and they're really, you know, ear to the ground on how what's happening. And all these, I I remember listening to, I think it was the former police chief of Vancouver Police who said, "I would bet my I would bet my entire life savings, my house, everything that weed will be legal in ten years." And, mm. and the, it was probably released, the documentary, in 2005, 2006. Mm. And I remember hearing that and going, that guy's fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now that weed's legal, I, don't, I, I, I hear you I say the thing about psilocybin and LSE, or, or sorry, MDMA and psilocybin, and I go, yeah, that makes total sense. Dude, 2007. I personally so don't think weed's on. legal. Yeah, it was bang on. <laughs> <laughs> we went from seven laws to 47 sure, laws. Sure, right. But, yeah. I mean, but, may, but, may, but it, opens the, it opens the door it for It opens the else. door, and that's the most important part, yeah. for sure. But I mean, <laughs> but now, with that knowledge, knowing that that's happened, I hear you say this, uh, you know, I think we'll be legalized with we will. psilocybin. So, it doesn't seem as nuts. You know, it just takes a few people that are a little nutty yeah. to, to go out there and do certain things and push those buttons that need to be pushed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're doing that with city council here. One of the city councilors heard about what Dana, my buddy, was doing with the mushrooms dispensary and tried to have a motion to shut down all psychedelics from opening like the cannabis industry did. Mm. Unfortunately, that backfired on her, and it was a unanimous decision to deny that. Well, especially so in a city, especially in a city that's so so heavily invested in like. Um, 
uh, uh, prevention. Yeah, harm like, reduction. yeah, harm reduction. Harm we reduction. do that as well, too. We do the Cannabis Substitution Project, uh, which Ooh. is totally funded by illegal dispensaries, by the way, and donations. Uh, so twice a week on East Hastings here, we have about three, 400 people lined up for free weed and free edibles wow. uh, to get them off opiates. Yeah, yeah right. So, and then there's, yeah, there, there's all kinds of that stuff going on here, and they should be more supportive uh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Saving lives. Is there yeah. is there um is there studies or is it just mostly an- anecdotal evidence that like, you know, um providing people who are uh addicted to opiates with uh marijuana is going to make them, you know, not use the opiates and use the yeah, marijuana yeah. instead. Um, uh, actually, it works really good with the pharmacokinetic effect as well with uh, using opioids and cannabis together. It can actually reduce the blood plasma level. So you're getting more of a high without the danger, right? So you can use less opiates if you're mm. combining them with cannabis, well, which I, I found, prevents opiate deaths. I found, cool. so in May, I got hit by a car and I, and I broke my pelvis. And afterwards, I was on I was on Dilo- I was on Dilaudid in the hospital yeah. via... Uh, needle and then right. and then um, and then by pill for about three weeks afterwards, and uh, and it was probably about a week after I got out of the hospital that I um, that I started uh, smoking a little weed as well, and it was it, it was that I can't really I can't speak to the scientific side of it, but my, my perception of it was that the opioids made me feel like a a nothing person. Like I just felt like zombie. I was a gray zombie, nothing, yeah. no emotions, can't really concentrate, can't hold a conversation. All I can do is stare at a screen and, you know, fucking watch TV, whatever. And then I smoked weed and that base that like brought me back. It almost felt like it brought me back to life. It was like, I, I'm not just sitting here helpless because I have my broken pelvis. I know that I can't m- move and I'm still in pain, but I can, I go, oh, but I, I feel that there's something here that feels nice now. Like, I, yeah. I feel like I can have a conversation, like I can hang mm. out, like I can be me at least to a degree again, you know, and still and still manage the pain and whatever. And mm. it was a really um, it was a really eye opening moment for me uh, and just like the power of it, because I'd always really I'd always really used cannabis recreationally, ex- pretty exclusively um, outside of like little nausea things that I found it, it helped with. Right. But that experience was a real eye-opener for me in terms of the power that it can have in a broad spectrum of, of, of things. Um, how can people uh, how can people find what you're up to? Like, uh, you know, Microdelics is up and running. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, what's, where, do, where do people go to find, find your stuff? Uh, Microdelics.ca. And how does it work? I know that, like I know, I know how it works because yeah. I went through it all. But well, like, it keeps changing a little bit. Yeah, so, sure, uh, sure. You got to understand that uh, this is, uh, I've only brought this out last in October. Yeah, right. It was just from idea to business in like weeks. Right? Yeah. Um, so, so I'm learning as I'm going. We're also getting advice from scientists and doctors, and now we have lawyers on retainer. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the waivers. Oh, you know, at first we had them fill out an application. So, but now we uh, we've got a waiver you sign. Uh, it's just basically to to make sure that we don't have any legal issues yeah. if if you misuse the product. Um, but basically, uh, all you need to do is go uh, microdelics.ca, click become a member, just fill out a quick application. We do ask that you upload a copy of your ID to make sure that you're 19, and we're actually shipping to that person at that address. Right. 
Um, but other than that, it's uh, it's pretty simple. We used to have you fill out a bunch of medical things, but because of the legalities, uh, we just want to make sure you're an adult, basically. Yeah. Have know. you guys run into any backlash or no. like nothing yet? No. Are yeah, you no. Uh, are you shipping outside of Canada or just with? I am. Canada? Yeah, and I keep opening up new places. The more I'm learning about the law. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, I've uh, Czech Republic even. So I have yeah. I have a question. Actually, you you just gave us some uh, some of your product here yeah. when you came to the room and. And uh, I'm actually hopping on a, a flight tonight to uh, the United States. No, nope. so no, so <laughs> don't the, do not take that with you. I, I'm not I'm not bringing it with me yeah. because I just don't I don't even want to I don't even want to entertain the idea of of what would happen at the border. But um, out of curiosity, like just to clarify, I guess this product is legal within Canada now. Well, this, one PLST is legal to possess in Canada. Um, it's. I don't believe it is in the U.S. Once it's converted in the water, so U.S. A- analogs in the U.S. are yeah. Still just describe answered. this. Describe this but product. Yeah, I'm learning that it's varying from state to state with certain things. Mm-hmm. So what I am learning, and I'm still a little unopen, uh, unsure on this. What I'm going to say here, but I'm starting to ship to the U.S. the one PLSD because the chemical company that we use to to, to get this is shipping there. Oh, the only place that they're prohibiting is Denmark for the one PLSD, and there's only really? a handful of states that they're not shipping the four ACO DMT to. So I mm. opened up shipping to the U.S. Is 4CAO DMT just a, a DMT analog? Uh, so it's a psilocybin analog, psilocin. So oh, it oh, interesting. Okay. It's a psilocin pro-drug. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, so it converts the psilocin in the body. You, uh, you mentioned that you, um, that you are friends with Mark Emery. Yeah. Um, now, have you had any conversations with him in, in terms of the shipping to the U.S.? Because obviously I know that he... The seed problem. This his, has been a little concern of mine. <laughs> and I mean, Mark did five years of that, yeah. And that yeah. was a very, like, that was a pretty monumental case because Canada yeah. extradited it a sure Canadian did, citizen yeah. to the U.S. for the first time. Yeah. And it set a precedent that is... Yeah, you can't go back on. Yeah, uh, we, were, we were actually here. We were here with Mark the uh, yeah. the same year. We went into the store in yeah. 2010. That's right. So, yeah. so the, the how we're getting away with that is uh, it's not for human consumption. I put a label on it for the U.S., um, which it just has to be labeled to to meet their standards. And then I'm not putting the uh, the actual one PLSD into the bottle, so it's still non psychoactive until it goes into that bottle. Until it goes into. Can the you describe water. this product? Like yeah. what? Because it because I see that it's it's a it's a mixture of water. Is and that this new batch? It's not in the it's not in the. I know yet. that is in that one. It yeah. is okay. That's cool. why it's got the expiry date on it got too it. now. Yeah. Uh, so and, and, yeah, new, any new ones that are being shipped out since my conversation yesterday, we're gonna have just a tab in the side for all countries. Got it. And they can just drop it, and then it does two things that last longer. It's not gonna you know already be sitting in the water if you want to save or maybe not do it for six months. It's gonna last longer. Right. And the most important reason is it's not a psychoactive substance until it converts and uh, LSD, which I was originally thought maybe did in the body, but by putting it in the water first, it's going to convert it. So, oh, it, so it's one P, it's, yeah. it, it is one PLSD and water, and, it's, and it only becomes psychoactive when the two mix together? That's right. So one PLSD is going to convert into LSD-25. LSD-25 is... 
Uh, the acid that Hoffman uh, does. Okay. Uh, you know, and there's different ones. Uh, ALD 52 Hoffman also synthesized, which is the original Orange Sunshine. Um, I tried to come out with a version of that, but I believe I bought the last 10 hits on Earth. <laughs> 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 because Whoa. they're not selling it anymore. Yeah, so. Yeah. Crazy. This shit's yeah. fascinating, man. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. <laughs> yeah so we is. just found a legal loophole to get you the same benefits from the same drug. Yeah. Right. Wow, that's so fascinating. So I didn't I didn't realize that the the one P like once it's in the water, it's it. it yeah. It, yeah. It, so it's, it's yeah. Just, so we decided because like because I just got I just re-upped. Uh, yeah, the five tabs. I, the, yeah, yeah, and those. So if I just took one of those tabs and and say I you know diced it up into one tenth, right, and then just took that. Would the would would there still be any sort of effect? Oh yeah, that would be the it, same. Yeah, okay. you get, you, there's water in your exactly. Your body. Okay, yeah, so, it's the same. So same that idea. was uh, yeah. So. Got it. Um, I have cool. a I have I have one uh, more question for you that I that I'm really curious about. When you are doing your like advocacy and and pressing the buttons that need to be pressed to 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 further this mission, um, do you find that? And I'm kind of going back to what I was reading when I was uh, with Michael Pollan's book was that sort of the the access door is <clears throat> is to really focus on the medicinal treatment that like these these are really effective ways and they're st- and they're being proven as ways to to treat um, mental health issues. And is that is that the direction? Is that the avenue that you that you is go down? the direction? That's why I started microdosing myself was for that reason. Mm-hmm. And I tend to do a lot of these. My businesses tend to tend to build around my own personal problems. You know, I've been down to the Amazon searching all over the place. I got an ayahuasca retreat down there too. We can talk about it another time. But yeah, it's definitely for medicinal purposes and that's the angle we'd really like to go because mm-hmm. it really does do a lot of good for people. I mean, what it's doing for me, it really yeah. blows my mind because I didn't think I was coming back from that. You know what yeah. I mean? You can ask a lot of people that I know. Not a lot that, of people do. You know, he, like, I went off the deep end real yeah. bad, man, you know, and I didn't go back to drugs and then, you know, I, you know, thank God for the cannabis yeah. uh, and thank God for the support group that I did have as mm-hmm. well, which many don't have. But I do find that the, the doing the psychedelics is really changing the way I can think. I really Ooh. just wanted to put a, a, a really big emphasis on that because because people conflate um, like recreational drug use and, you know, being at parties and doing it. Yeah, for, I don't do, recommend that. I mean, fun. hey, if you're at a group uh, at a party with uh, people you trust in the right set and setting, by all means, you know, have that spiritual experience where you're safe. Yeah. Um, but I don't encourage just people dropping acid and, you know, yeah. mm. and going out to an unsafe environment that they know because, they're gonna, you know, they're putting themselves up for a bad experience. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is just not the right thing. It's not going to be any fun for you and it's not going to be any fun for, you know, your family when you get arrested yeah. either yeah. or you do something stupid, yeah. right? I just be- think it's important for people to really to to have conversations like this <laughs> yeah. to start to change the I'm lens. All for high doses. Uh, I love the toad. Ooh, <laughs> you yeah. know, I'm all for high doses. Yeah. I think they're extremely important with mental health issues. Um, you know, we're just not going down. We're we're just going down the microdose. Yeah. Uh, we want people to be safe and yeah. go down. The, there's other people that that specialize in high doses, mm-hmm. and I would encourage them to to go that route. Make I guess- sure you do use you know some a guide. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. especially when you're doing the. I told like, yeah, yeah, I would yeah. never do that alone. Like one of the no, things never. that one of the things that I, um, think about this conversation and feel the reason why I feel it's really important is is by all accounts the um, the drugs that are pharmaceutical drugs that are available now to treat um, mental uh, illness are. Uh, I don't want to say ineffective, but they're well, they are. They, they, they are to a certain extent. It's it's really hard to find the mix that works, and yeah. and even if you find one that works for you, um, it wears off over time. You have to increase the dose. It's and it, then you've got the five hundred side effects with suicidal thoughts for antidepressants. Really gets me exactly. And, and, <laughs> I and just don't. Write the it thing down. is, is that there's there's not there's not really a good answer for that yet, well, or at least you know. There, we need to be looking harder There's at other avenues and they need uh, to, options. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They need to, you know, decriminalize these drugs yeah. so that we, so, so that we science can, the, can open yeah. up. Same thing that's yeah. happening yeah. with cannabis. Yeah. All kinds of studies are happening mm-hmm. now because that door is opened. Right. And we need to do the same thing with psychedelics. And the sooner yeah. we do it, the sooner this earth will be yeah. better. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I had yeah. a, I had a conversation with, um, um, with a friend of mine who is a, uh, he's a, a third year med student and I asked him right before weed was legal uh, where, the, where they did legalization I said what, what do you think what do you think will the biggest impact will be when this when the day when the day passes the day comes and he just said that from a from a medical perspective like things will just because of the because of the the, the amount of research that can be done once that ban is lifted like you're going to see monumental like exponential shifts and leaps and bounds in how we understand that from a medical perspective because of you know they lift the curtain and especially in other countries i know some u.s still has uh, their their ways of going about things but it is helping they're doing a lot more studies down there i find israel's a really really Mm -hmm. good place to look when you're looking Mm -hmm. for interesting leaders in the in the uh and and mushrooms Uh, yeah you know uh but cannabis for sure israel's definitely the leader um i've met um um Sorry, not Raphael Mishulam, but uh, Lumiere there. Uh, Lumiere Hanusa, I met him out in Vienna when I was out with Dr. Hornby. He's the one that founded the endocannabinoid system in the pig there. Oh, well, okay. Yeah, he's like the godfather. It was really cool meeting that yeah, guy. Yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, Jerry, man, this is, uh, you know, I, I, I want to say that you, you've got a fascinating story. And, and you know, we touched on it there just briefly a moment ago, but it it is, it's, for someone to have been so um, heavily affected by addiction and then to bounce back and to, you know, to continue on living, um, it, it, there's, that's, it, it doesn't always happen like that. And, and it, yeah. And, and for you to kind of like find your, your path and find the, the lane that you're in now, I, I I'm I'm stoked for you. I I think that yeah. I think I, I'm feeling really like hopeful for for. I'm the, finally feeling hopeful. Yeah, which is, it's a switch is nice. Yeah, the, the the advocacy work that you do is super admirable because I find that anybody who's willing to put like put their life and you know their freedom on the line to mm. um, advocate for access and, and use of something that they believe will help other people. I, I just think is incredibly admirable and important. So yeah. 
Thanks for the work that. that you do. Yeah, man. Uh, thank you. Thanks for coming in and, and yeah, shooting the show with us. me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. It's a good time. Uh, and thank you all so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we will be back uh, next week, as we always are. Uh, but in the meantime, if you want to help us out, go on over to Apple Podcasts, hit the rating and review button, and uh, press the subscribe button while you're doing that. And uh, you can also support us with your wallets. Yeah. Go on over to patreon.com slash sickboy. Um, again, Vancouver. Um, we're here with the support of our patrons, bringing you uh, fascinating conversations with fascinating people, and that is largely due to our uh, our patrons. So go on over patreon.com slash sickboy, and uh, if you want to throw us some uh, support. Hey, uh, Donovan, thanks so much for the sound design on this podcast. Um, you know, I, I know we talked about the importance of the medicinal use of, of some of these drugs, but can you just make it sound like an an audio trip for my ears. Can we right skirt around the like copyright, right. copyright laws for Lucian Skyogun? I mean, why not just play a Grateful Dead song? <laughs> <laughs> Most uh, recreational audio trip is happening right now. Ah, uh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Some of that. Yeah, thanks. Oh, whoa, whoa. Excellent. Whoa. Whoa. Far out. Whoa. Whoa. Uh, Sweet. And uh, thanks to the theme music, which is now just this audio trip song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is it for this week. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Jerry. And this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.